0: This is Coca Columbia. You're listening to Sounds of PDX.
1: This is Travis from the audio sequence. I'm Vince. I'm Boyd. This is Josh from Adverse Effects.
0: This is Zannie, Rebecca, and Katie. And we are The, the Cabin, Cabin Project.
1: Project. Hey, this is Logan Lynn. And Gino Mari. You're listening to Sounds
2: of PDX.
1: Sounds of PDX. Sounds of PDX on PRP.
2: of good stuff happening tonight. This is Luke Neal on Sounds of PDX. You're listening to 99.1 FM or PRP.FM. This is Portland Radio Project. And boy, do I have a show tonight. I'm joined in studio by Falcon Heart. Thank you all for being here tonight. Oh, yeah. Thank you. you. This is very exciting. Uh, Last week, I had the pleasure of releasing Chris Margolin's record. I get to play yours on air because it's all leading up to Friday, which is going to be so rad. Uh, Glasses and Chris Margolin, the Dead Bird collection you'll be playing with. You all have been prepared and geared up for this for a while. I think your last show was... Secret Society, and then you've gone, mm-hmm. oh, well done, well done, building the anticipation. Exactly. Uh, lots of cool stuff to go over. We're going to be playing their influences in the first hour, uh, talking to them. We've also got a song from Gil in there, too. we want to talk about Glasses, who's performing. Uh, I figured I'd give him a track because we played so much of Chris and so much of yours today. I'm uh, so happy you decided that, yes. Yeah, <laughs> did you all see the T-Pain things? Oh, my God. Oh, my really? gosh, yeah. Like, come on, man. He deserves it, though. He does. He's a genius. Totally. That... uh that little thing was pretty cool. Uh, for those who don't know what we're talking about, I'll put the link on the talk board. You can check it out. Little T Pain Duo. Uh, but I digress. Uh, we're going to be talking to Falcon Heart tonight. Like I said, mostly about their influences in the first hour. And I wanted to talk to Aaron and uh, ask him why Canned Heat is such a cool influence <laughs> for him. Uh, going up the country was oh. burning in my ears because it's currently on a Geico commercial. That's unfortunate. I'm <laughs> like, I, uh, I will watch uh, CNN or news or whatever, and the Geico commercials will go. So it's like when you brought that in, I was like, this is funny, because I've been complaining yeah. about Geico playing this song. <laughs> uh, but it's a great song. I mean,
3: yeah, I saw it in the original Woodstock documentary movie, and that's where I, and I just fell in love with it. And it's just buzzing around my head all the time. Yeah, it's got a really cool hooky melody. It's and just what's happy.
2: And the vocals, like, are so original. Like, the moment you hear that song, like, yeah. That's the jam. Uh, well, we're going to be listening to uh, Canned Heat right now, an influence of Aaron from Falcon Heart. We're going to talk to him why he digs us so much once we're back here on Portland Radio Project. <laughs> Stick around until 9 o'clock. Canned Heat here on Sounds of PDX. Aaron from Falcon Heart brought that in for us. Uh, we're talking about early memories and music. So, Aaron, for you, can you recall, like, that moment you knew that music was resonating with you, even if you couldn't put it in words? What's your earliest music memory?
3: Ah, uh, just my grandpa was a professional drummer, and I, when he passed away, we inherited his gear, and he just plunged into it headfirst at 10 years old and just started practicing
2: six hours a day. Was that your first instrument? Drums, yeah. Yeah, I noticed I was looking on the liner notes of uh, the new record and you're the man on all the drums, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Chris was, uh, Chris Margolin was praising your drum skills and I didn't know that you were a drummer. You know, I knew you was. Oh, wow. That's kind of weird. The yeah. Usually people are like, he's a singer? <laughs> <laughs> so it's good, yeah. You surprised me the other way. Uh, so as you're, as you're getting into drums, drums is your being your, your first instrument, what would you say is the first CD you purchased because of a drummer that inspired you? Oh, wow. Or record or First tape.
3: CDs, wow. I bought The Eagle's Greatest Hits and Papa Roach in the same go.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> not not, not all <laughs> what I thought.
2: It's pretty close to what our playlist is tonight. It's, <laughs> a, it's a good gamut. That's cool. Yeah, the, um, I could kind of see that, too.
3: But I grew up a huge Incubus fan. I love their drummer and Tool and Primus and... Those types.
2: Yeah, okay. Yeah, we were just talking about Danny Carey today. That's really cool. Uh, so, with a band like Canned Heat, they're obviously a little bit throwback, but they, I still think um, someone had mentioned them, like they could be relevant today if oh, they absolutely. were making records. I was they have like, a it's a very just, diverse
3: sound, too, because yeah. that high pitched falsetto singer is, I think they have two singers, because the other version of them is like a very bluesy, manly singer. Yeah. And I tend to like the the lighter side of them. It was very nice, yeah. And I love the flute. Who has
2: flutes so much? <laughs> right, I was going to say, unless you're, unless you're uh, T- Jethro Toll. Yeah. Uh, so let's, I want to shift gears over here to you, Marcus. Oh, yeah. And we're definitely shifting gears in the playlist. Oh, yeah. Uh, just based on your submissions alone, I could tell like what genre you were totally into, and I could picture you back in the day. Uh, so let's talk about Less Than Jake. Uh, this is a cool track, too. I was familiar with this one, Look What happens a really cool single. Yes. Uh, so how did you fall in love with them? And same question I asked uh, Aaron. What's some of your earliest memories with music?
4: <clears throat> actually, the, some of the first earliest memories that I have, uh, the first record that I ever actually sat down and listened to, a friend of mine showed me, and it was a live record from No Effects called I Heard They Suck Live. As a 12-year-old, That blew my mind. I'd never heard anything as vulgar or as, like, (laughs) rocking and adrenaline pumping. It was amazing, and it blew my mind. Um, So shortly after that, the first show that I ever went to uh, was uh, Sum 41 and Real Big Fish at the Roseland Theater when I was about 13 years old. Wow, Real Big Fish. That was the defining moment in my life that I realized I wanted to play music. So shortly after that, um, Real Big Fish and Less Than Jake, they are the two bands that I have seen uh, perform live most, I think. Um, probably less than Jake, it's been like eight times I think that I've seen them. Wow. Yeah. And I love them a lot. And they were a huge influence kind of in the beginning. Um, from 15 to like 19, I had dreadlocks that were directly inspired from the NoFX guitar player. Yes. Uh, yeah, I was, it was my little punk rock self and now I, here I, I am. Was guitar your first rock. instrument? Guitar has always been my first instrument. Yeah. Guitar and
2: vocals. Did you get acoustic or electric first? I'm always curious.
4: First it was the worst electric. It was a slammer by Hamer and it was terrible. It's like a hundred dollar guitar. It's and a boat anchor basically. I had to work a whole summer to get it and changed my life though, yeah. you know?
2: That's really rad. Uh, Before we move on to playing Less Than Jake, I want to give a shout out to Veronica Pazesti, who hosts a killer Wednesday night show called Subculture. And she put the link on there for the uh, T-Pain and Gil collaboration. Thanks for doing that, Veronica. Very good stuff. Uh, Again, you can see Gil open up for Falcon Heart this Friday at Doug Fir. They're releasing their LP, Catch the Wind. And uh, it's going to be a great night. Uh, Moving back to the PDX Spotlight playlist, we're going to listen to Less Than Jake, an influence brought in by Marcus. Stick around. I've got Falcon Heart until 9 p.m.
1: And I swear, it's the last time. And I swear, it's my last try. And we'll walk in circles around this whole block. Walk on the cracks on the same old sidewalks. And we'll talk about leaving town. Yeah, we'll talk about leaving. I swear, it's the last time. And I swear, it's my last try. That we we thought it felt right To take the westbound signs And just leave town tonight Can I find?
2: KSFL, LP Portland, Portland Radio Project. That is Cake here on Sounds of PDX because tonight I have special guests Falcon Heart in studio. They're releasing an album on Friday in conjunction with an album release party at Doug Fur. And so they've been bringing me their influences and I get to pick their brain. That one was from Gene. And so I got to know, how did you get turned on to Cake? And, and let us know your first instrument as well.
0: Okay, well, my first instrument was violin. I was... I was like I think it was my first elementary school experience cuz I was 5. So I came home from kindergarten and there was a violin on the floor and my dad was like you play this now. I'm like okay, cool. Wow. Yeah. Uh so I've been playing for a long time and it's very, been very strictly classical, very a lot of technique training. And then I started listening to cake with my mom. She turned it on and she would like you know, cook and we'd hang out and she was listening to cake and that's the first time I wanted to emulate an emotion of my own. So that's when I started improvising and trying to create something that wasn't necessarily written down. And that's the first kind of feeling, especially that song, that whole album really, but that song really spoke to me in terms of like, who I was, you know, hanging out with my mom and having those like home experiences was very emotional in a really cool way. And I wanted to produce something like that.
2: Hmm. Did you find, because you were playing violin, and I would consider Cake an alternative or indie band, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: if you like that type of music, did you find it hard to find bands that wanted violin, that weren't country, or...
0: Well, you know, I wouldn't consider myself a fiddle player, necessarily. I don't play a very, like, very country kind of style, but I found that because I didn't do that and I play electric violin... I get so many offers from bands that want something that's alternative that doesn't have the twangy country sound to it that there's a little bit more technique involved and I've found a really awesome niche because of the two worlds colliding kind of a thing so
2: you've got that cool if I may say mm-hmm. you've got that cool like Italian street busker Classical training yes. with all that killer. Yes,
0: so that you know. is exactly what I'm going for. <laughs>
2: well done, you have produced it. <laughs> Thank you. That's really cool. Was it? Did you have like multiple violins as a kid? Did you ever like upgrade your gear? How did that all work oh, out? Oh well,
0: so the way it works is you get a tiny one that's like as big as your forearm to start, and um, so I, you know you upgrade in size. And the first time I ever played electric violin was in college because. I'd, I'd basically been improvising, like I was a closet improviser. I didn't let anybody know because, in the classical community, you're not really supposed to do that. Um, so I remember taking this gig in college with a dude. He was like, I need a violinist for a show tomorrow, 100 bucks. And I was like, desperate for money. <laughs>
5: sure. Sweet.
0: Never really improvised before, like with somebody. Um, Showed up and it went great. It went so well. I felt so natural. I just it was a wonderful show. And after that, it was such a pain to mic my acoustic violin. So that's when I decided to join that band and branch out and get an electric instrument. So
2: that's so rad. Yeah. And before we move on uh, to the next song, tell us how y'all met each other. How did the project start? Where did it start, and how's it grown?
4: Uh, well, actually, to back all the way back in 2000. And- Eight, uh, Aaron and I met via a Craigslist ad, um, which was somewhat of a funny joke at the Dan Cable uh, podcast. Uh, he said if he had a dollar for every time he heard that from a band starting from Craigslist. This is true. Uh, but uh, so that's initially how Aaron and I met, um, became fast friends and Uh, We played in a previous project called Marco Luna for a number of years, and we used to play with uh, Jean and her old project, uh, Steph Infection and the Heebie-Jeebies, and for years we were trying to figure out how we could possibly play music with her. Um, and it ended up working out somewhat perfectly as we were really diving headfirst into Falcon Heart. She was available and kind of ready to join. Uh, Mr. Robert Williams over here, we met him pretty much right after Marco Luna had formed. And uh, he was playing with a group called Granada. They all relocated from Arizona up here. And uh, we all became very fast friends as well. Um, so it was just kind of a perfect timing uh, fate sort of deal, if you will, that once um, we were diving headfirst into Falcon
2: Heart, Rob was available mm. to play with us. Now, when did you start conceptualizing the, the latest record? Like when did that process start for you?
3: Uh, probably about from the get go. We've been we had a couple songs they've been trickling in and then as they would come in, we demo them. And um, by the time we hit the studio, we had the whole record formed and and completely written. And so, yeah, two years we've been working on these songs and perfecting them.
2: Nice, nice. Yeah, I'm going to dig more into that in the second hour. I'm just always curious as to, because sometimes it's a quick process, but more than not, I mean, you may say two years, but you probably take things from before that, too, that you've wanted to come to fruition that are applied on that record. It's just always interesting to me, because it is such a big process, and to feel a sense of relief like you guys are going to have to release it and enjoy it like there's some catharsis and I, I want to force you to look back on that and realize it's a long journey but you've earned that thing and my god the record's so good like I was just raving okay. about it uh, Takaya and the Mountain you know all the gang and we were playing it for them and uh, you know, with Chris here, and I've enjoyed it. You guys gave me a copy from the Secret Society show. Yes. It's a nice surprise, and I've been digging it, so I can't wait for everyone to hear it. Uh, looking back at the PDX Spotlight playlist, uh, right now you can actually catch Arrows in Orbit. Uh, their episode is currently airing. We've got a couple coming up with Shannon Entropy, Skull Diver, and Rare Monk, so look out for those. Uh, but next on the playlist is a song called Breakfast Cat. Most original of the day. Uh, Rob brought this in Yay. from RX Bandits. Uh, talk to us about this influence.
6: Well, um, I'd say the RX Bandits is like the first band I really got into and was just like obsessed with. Loved everything about their sound and just followed them. Like each album as they progressed. And just what stuck out the most is that every album was different. Hmm. You know, when I first started listening to them, they were a ska band and a horn section, you know, upstrokes, like. All that kind of thing. And then, like, every album after that, like, one of my guitar teachers, like, because I kept, like, you know, teach me this bass line or, like, tab out that bass line for me. And so, like, a couple albums in, he's like, man, it sounds like they just, like, hung out in the tool shed <laughs> like just learn their instruments. Yeah, but, like, they just, just progressed it. a little more, got a little more experimental. And, like, I don't know, I really identified with just, like, the lyrics and the message they brought out. What was your first instrument? Well, uh, <laughs> Please be something totally yeah. random, like a like well. A no, it's not. It's it's not too sword. random. But um, when I was going into middle school, uh, from fifth grade to sixth grade, I wanted to learn how to play the drums, and so I joined band. And then found out there's no drum set in band, <laughs> in school music. <laughs> and so, and it was either so like I'd trade it off. Like one week I'd go to band, and then the next week I'd go to PE. But I really like PE. And so that was just like taking its toll. And then I always got stuck playing the bongos because nobody else, like I'm ambidextrous, but nobody else could do like different rhythms with their hands. So I always had to play the bongos. <laughs> it was like my least favorite thing to do in there. And so I think there was like, uh, I was going to have to miss PE and they were doing like roller skating in the gym. And I was like, there's no way I'm missing that. I was like, I'm just done with band now. The, bon- <laughs> the bongos can wait. Yeah. <laughs> Screw those bongos. <laughs> I need a roller skate. <laughs>
2: You need to feel the freedom. Yeah. Uh, that's wonderful. Did they play any ABBA that day in the gym?
6: You know? Because <laughs> you can't roller play without thinking of ABBA. It, it was really run-down version. Uh, there was no, like, disco ball. There wasn't any fog machines or lasers, like... It was like that old rented like skates that they bring to school for you to use. Sketchy
2: group of skates. Yeah. <laughs> Man, thanks for sharing that. That's, yeah, no problem. It's a bizarre story. I really dig that. Yeah. Uh, so here it is, Breakfast Cat by Rx Bandits. I really like this song. I hadn't heard this one. I was familiar with them, but uh, this was a nice treat. If you're listening to us on PRP.fm or on your mobile device, hit us up on the talk board. Say hello to myself and Falcon Heart. I've got them here tonight till 9 p.m.
1: Screaming, that second you was such a trick.
2: my favorite part. That's Sublime here on Sounds of PDX. That's an influence brought in from Marcus from Falcon Heart. Dude, that's an awesome song. I don't think if anyone is into any type of rock genre, they dig Sublime. Why do you think they have like that lasting broad appeal that you obviously dig?
4: Well, for, for me, I think maybe it's a little bit of a different story, but I think that they, they have a little bit of this like reggae like chillness with this really intense blues uh, back, you know, kind of rock and background come in and a little bit of punk influence there. For right? sure. And so it's like really catchy. They borrow a lot from, you know, older reggae stuff as well. Kind of sampling a lot of stuff and a little bit, like almost a little bit of hip hop influence in, in there too. Um, so for me, uh, I was, when I was exposed to sublime was shortly after I kind of was exposed to like uh, no effects. So like punk and ska and more melodic stuff. And then listening to them it was. It's. It has become this kind of cornerstone in my musical development. Uh, also vocally, I think I was. Dude, Brad's
2: voice is incredible.
4: Yeah, I think he was probably the first true vocal influence on me. Uh, the first singer that I actually tried to like emulate mm-hmm. while singing. Um, so
2: that's, that's really where that comes from for me. He's a good one to copy. Uh, looking at the talk board real quick, had a couple folks chime in. Carol Maxwell uh, said to Rob, roller skating is always the right choice. <laughs> uh, and that was right before we listened to uh, breakfast cat. Uh, that was a really great song. Someone else said great music and fabulous bass lines." I couldn't agree more. Uh, oh, yeah. There was some debate that it was Rob's folks saying that. Uh, <laughs> so I, we've been listening to some of your influences, and now hopefully you have a different perspective of each other in some way. How would you say that your influences have collectively impacted the sound of Falcon Heart?
4: Oh, good, great question. Um, I think really uh, in the most collaborative way possible. Um, I think that Aaron and I have a really interesting kind of dichotomy between the two of us with our songwriting styles and kind of what we're trying to convey when we do this. Um, we're both really kind of off the, you know, hard on our sleeve. Um, but we have this interesting different approach to songwriting. Um, and then having, uh, Gene and Rob come in and, um, uh, I I kind of was talking about this before with, with Dan Cable when we were on there, but we have this new song that we're going to, uh, debut at the release show at the doug fir on friday and uh it's called hurricane and so when i first wrote this song i really wasn't sure if it was going to end up being a falcon heart song just because uh, for multiple reasons and aaron reassured me uh don't worry about it let's 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 do it we'll run through it with them and we'll run it through the falcon filter
2: Oh my gosh, that's wonderful! And as soon you better as we trademark did that. that, I know yeah, right? we do. <laughs> the second we did that,
4: uh, it was it immediately was like, oh yeah, no, that that makes sense. And so I know that we all have these incredibly different influences. Jean, coming from this like really classical background. Um, in, in the the parts that she is. Uh, uh, writing and uh, contributing to all of these songs, it's it's got that classical influence, but also that really, um, you know, that soul, that like ear training coming into it, and so that that adds this invaluable portion of it, as well as Rob with his incredibly tasty talented bass lines that that not only give the song backbone but really uh, uh, bring up the, the melody of everything and, and kind of supplement all of that you know all the while well Aaron and I are yeah. working
2: together junior yeah I will say like everything's super tasteful the bass lines are like super tasteful, obviously entertaining, but one thing I will say about the record is that the combination of your guys' vocals is very distinct in a great way. Like when I hear your voice, it get, on record, it gives me the same feeling I felt when I saw you live. And that's tough to pull yeah. off. It's like super, super genuine. Um, in the second hour, I'm going to talk to you about the environment that have created that. I want to talk to you about the studio, producers, gear, all that fun stuff for sure. Um, but Aaron, One, Two, Brown Eyes by them featuring J- Van Morrison. Yeah. This was like a super deep cut. I would never heard it.
3: I, I found out about them. By accident through Spotify, and it blew my mind. Them is the band yeah, name. I, knew, I was never a huge Van Morrison fan, but this is so early that I think it's before he ever filtered himself, and it was just really raw. And just the starting rhythm is just gets you driving and really in the mood just to party. So, this isn't <laughs> from
2: a back in the day influence. No, I this just is just recently. recently, yeah.
3: Oh, it's good and stuff. And I'm really inspired by rhythm. So, that's the first thing I hear when I listen to a song before vocals or melody or anything. I just, if it has a good beat, I can
2: get on board can you name a band this may be a weird question can you name a band that you put up with the band because the drummer's so good like it's a band you may not like if it uh, weren't for yeah. the drummer. Dave Matthews Band. Perfect. Carter Buford is a, a genius. amazing drummer. Yeah, that's a perfect example. That's wonderful. My buddy who's a drummer, that's his answer, too. I love Carter. <laughs> All right, we're going to listen to uh, one of the newer influences from a throwback song. This is them featuring Van Morrison, One Two Brown Eyes, Aaron's influence from Falcon Heart. We've got them on PRP until 9 p.m.
1: Talking. You better stop staying out of the night Straighten up at fire ride right. You better stop telling those lies I'm gonna cut you down to my size You got one You got two Brown eyes Hypnotize 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 Yeah!
7: I've made some bad rhymes You say A friend of mine And when my life
2: happy. (laughs) That's the Carpenters here on Portland Radio Project. Gene, that was your influence that you brought in. It was. Second one of the evening. We were talking about Karen Carpenter, just how great of a drummer she was. A lot of people didn't know that. And obviously, Aaron, you've got some respect for that. Yeah, of course. Marching band background. Had that chops. Uh, Yeah, you wouldn't have been in marching band with Rob because he would have been skating. Uh, (laughs) what what did the Carpenters (laughs) mean to you?
0: I just love her voice so much. I can't get over it. And I remember just the violin is such a lyrical instrument. It's melodically driven. It's, you can make it sound like a voice. You can make people cry with it. And I just, I heard the Carpenters, I think the first time I heard them was in high school. It was when I actually sat down and listened to them. It was freshman year. And I just started crying. I couldn't Mm. get over it. It was just pure beauty. And I I always want to play that way. I always want to just evoke this like otherworldly gorgeousness all the time. And I just think that's so what music is for for me, you know?
2: What does it mean for you to have like the versatility to be able to stomp on some pedals? Oh my God. And just create these cool environments that you do?
0: It's everything, it's life. <laughs> um, I started working at Cattle and Bread uh, four years ago, um, boutique pedal company. And I didn't know what a guitar pedal was when I started working there. And um, I started entry level building the things. And now I get to test them, make sure they work. And uh, I just, the, the more I tested them and the more I got to know each pedal, I just brought my violin in. And I was like, let's try oh, brilliant. a delay. Let's try a fuzz and a delay. Let's try this noisemaker and five other delays at once. and. Then I started using loopers, and it just opened up all these doors, and it's my favorite thing to do now.
2: Oh, that's so rad. What a cool story. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. It's, I think it was 10 years ago or so, I saw Zoe Keating open for Image and Heap. She was the first cellist I saw like yeah. really using pedals. She's and that,
0: great, she's yeah, amazing.
2: isn't she wonderful? Uh, thanks for bringing that in. Yeah, I think that's nice and settled. Uh, <laughs> during that though, the talk board good skating, a, a very yeah. good skating song. Yeah, skating song. That's the low lights. <laughs> Two more chances to ask the girl you like because yeah. it's closing soon. Ooh, <laughs> Pizza bar shutting down.
3: Yeah. yeah. Pressure's on. It's
0: now or never. <laughs>
3: Maybe we should do a show at a skating rink. We should oh my do God, a God, show. We Just play in the middle, have people skate around
2: us, our audience in motion. I love it.
6: I'd want to be on skates,
2: though, too. Oh, yeah. See, that's a theme. You should get a wireless setup. <laughs> Yeah, all of you are (laughs) sure wireless to perform in skate yards. Uh, Really cool stuff. I'm enjoying the playlist tonight, Uh, especially because I get to go back to some of my old memories. Makes No Difference by some 41. Yeah. Marcus brought that in. I think they're a really cool band. Uh, Yeah. Did a lot of really cool things, you know, fell into a certain genre, but I think they kind of transcended, like they had that young, weird thing, but man, they were all just great songwriters, just really great songs. I think this was one of their better ones. Yeah,
4: I uh, w- like I said before, the first real live show that I ever went to was seeing Some 41 Real Big Fish was headlining. Some 41 was opening. It was uh, the lead singer's 21st birthday that night. Oh, wow. I was like 13. Um, and I had been a fan of their first uh, LP that they put out. And that's one of the songs on there, Make No Difference. Uh, Makes No Difference is like w- w- one of their like singles, I think. And uh, I was, it's it's called Half Hour of Power and it just like fit right into kind of the age and the feeling that I had, the angst that I had at the time, you know, and being able to go um, at that first concert experience and seeing them play and then being able to hang out with them afterwards at the merch booth was a real kind of like, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's when I realized that this is real. These are real people like these dudes aren't even that much older than me comparatively. So. It was a a huge moment in my life. I remember uh, watching their entire set, and the crowd was so fun. The the crowd at a ska concert is like really an interesting thing uh, because it's like the happiest, craziest crowd that I've ever seen. Elbows and smiles. yeah, Yeah, and it's like it's so great, and I'd never experienced anything like that, and so. Yeah. And it was really this like visceral experience. And so getting to hang out with those guys, you know, and realizing how young they were, uh, was really like, it, again, like a life changing moment for me.
2: In that way, do you mean that it's solidified like the, I can do this Yeah, because they're people as well?
4: Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. So it was at that point I, I just kind of, you know, was, had my musical awakening, if you will, uh, and had started dabbling in guitar playing, um, and kind of like putting these things together, like, "Wow, I really enjoy this. this. is something I could really like to do to create." and it's very interesting. And, and then seeing that was the, it, it just it was just a moment of connection, pure connection, and I had goosebumps all over for the entire show, and, and it, I just knew that playing music was what I wanted to do
2: in any shape or form. so. <sighs> What a killer story. Thanks, Marcus. Uh, This is another influence from Falcon Heart. You just heard Marcus. Tell the story about it, so let's enjoy some Sum 41 on Portland Radio Project.
8: Running fast and missing I cannot help i right.
2: Radio Project is a nonprofit, independent radio station where we play a local artist every 15 minutes. We would like to thank our supporters who share our passion for local music and the community. Portland Center Stage, PCS inspires our communities by bringing stories to life in unexpected ways. Bill R. McCracken, Accounting, Tax, and Financial Services. Premier Motorsports of Vancouver. Special thanks to Rick Johnson and his staff. friend of the station, previous guest on Sounds of PDX, that's Glasses, and he is opening up for my special guest this Friday, June 23rd at the Doug Fir. We've got Falcon Heart releasing their debut LP, and I found out this is all of your first LP in any project. It is. Yeah. right? That Indeed. is so cool. And did you all just find that out? Uh, I think we all kind of knew
4: that. I don't think it was ever explicitly put on the table like that. Yeah, I so. think I knew
6: it separately between, like, I think I talked to you guys and you said you never yeah. had it. Talked to Gene. Outside. she said she yeah. never had so.
2: a little investigating
6: yeah. and we put, the, <laughs> we put the puzzles together I'm going to get
2: just more details right now about that show but first a quick shout out to Vortex Music Magazine support comes from listeners like you And from Vortex Music Magazine, helping the Portland music scene tell its own story, both in print and online. You can find free issues of Vortex in stores or read about the local music scene online at vrtxmag.com. That's right. That's right. It's time for the Vortex Music Shows of the Week. And my show of the week is Falcon Heart with Chris Margolin and Glasses. We've been talking to them all night. Uh, So, y'all, what are some of the things that you're looking forward to at the Doug Fur? Other than oh, just, releasing the record, just <laughs> being in that venue. It's yeah. Got a good vibe. Pretty inspiring. Being right? In the presence of
3: past great shows. Mm.
4: I, I believe I will actually be the only band member that has never played at the Duck
2: before. Oh, so nice. it's, it is
4: a, a bucket list item for me, if you will.
2: Have you guys picked out your spot for the Falcon Heart sticker in the Red Room? Because you got to put one up. <laughs> That's I an
3: amazing you. wall, though.
2: Isn't it incredible? Yeah. <laughs> I spent probably an hour staring at it. Yeah. And what's even more amazing is the longer you stare at that wall, the more like brilliant graffiti you see where Mm -hmm. people have totally annihilated band names and written over it's like the best overall theme (laughs) it's just wonderful (laughs) (laughs) definitely don't miss that one so come and hang out with me at the Doug Fur with Falcon Heart Chris Margolin and the Dead Bird Collection and Glasses again we're celebrating the release of Catch the Wind which comes out that night Uh, the next day Saturday June 24th at the Laurel Thirst you can check out another really great live band the Druthers I believe they're going to have all seven pieces there. very very good live performance Uh, Sunday, June 25th, I've been looking forward to this one as well. Friends of the station Shannon Entropy are releasing, uh, are doing a record release party. They released their LP on the 16th, but they're playing with Mood Beach and Shears on Sunday the 25th at the Holocene. And a quick shout out to an event uh, that is a bit out, but it's Mike Check with Adverse Effects, Vinnie Duane, and These Blacks, and that's June uh 29th at the white eagle that's going to be really good so thanks again to vortex music magazine for hooking us up with the shows of the week Uh, i think vortex is just an extension of the portland music scene and uh how intertwined we all are so this is kind of a heavy question as we head into the second hour but what does the portland music scene mean to you all that is
3: an
4: amazing
2: question actually a very (laughs) good question
4: to me personally um it's it's meant to some kind of different things. Uh, currently, it means a lot more than I think it ever has. Hmm. With Vortex Music Magazine, with um, Jason Fellman and Mogo, uh, with the all the meetups, you know, the amount of knowledge that is being shared amongst the scene is better than ever, I think. And there's a lot of people. I notice more and more people each time taking advantage of it, and so there's less of a exclusion. Uh, on, on our part like for for Aaron and I specifically when we when we played in this other group for uh, you know six or so years before that, we were kind of figuring out a what the heck we were doing anyway, but b, how do we kind of break into the scene of Portland, if you will? I feel like that 's really changed now that membrane has become more permeable, and uh, you know things are kind of people are bands are going in between you know kind of in and out and it 's not really that anymore it 's kind of bringing up as the scene as a whole and so for me i 'm I'm really excited to see where it's going. And I think that we are poised uh, to release this record at a a very awesome time where we couldn't have had more support behind it. And we're super excited about that, especially being so new, if you will.
2: Hmm. I think you brought up a really good point. Uh, Back in the day when I was working with AR reps, A&R reps, what they said is you have to build a scene to be seen. Right, I mean that's it. If you're not cooperating and your city is competitive, it's never going to turn into a Seattle or what Portland's becoming, or you know any of the Austin, New York, and all those things. That's a really great observation. Uh, Let's move down the line, Aaron. Any personal thoughts on the scene for you?
3: Well, I share kind of the same sentiment Um, with the other band, and we were just looking at Portland. scene as this vast um, market of all these pockets and niches, and we couldn't really find any space where we would fit in or any bands that we could play with. So I think um, going through Vortex and Mogo and going to these events, we've met people, we've gained resources, and and they're helping. You can build yourself within your niche, or you can explode, and they'll have advice on every level.
2: Yeah, the they're, they're resources with Mogo. I'm glad you brought that up, and Jason Feldman. Just, yeah. man, done a, I see you guys at all those events, too. It's, <laughs> it's wonderful. And, and at other shows. I think that's one cool thing I wanted to point out, is like the participants aren't just performers like mm-hmm. they also participate as uh audience members and helping with marketing and like it's just it's uh there isn't that competitive thing that i think blocks up the creative and uh symbiotic vibe i would say of portland yes gene did you have something to add to the scene
0: yeah i think it's just very inclusive and as it is as it stands now no one's trying to hide any information and i think that's just very important for yeah. everyone to kind of feel comfortable also showing off what you've got and what you've been working on and not to be afraid of, you know, stigma or what people are going to think. Or It's just, mm-hmm. it's very, it just breeds creativity, which I really enjoy. Yeah,
6: yeah it's accepting too. I think um, just from growing up in Phoenix, Arizona and being involved in the music scene there, it seemed like it was, you know, your band against all the other bands. Like nobody was trying to help each other get shows or, you know, get in contact with these people or the right people, but... You know, then I moved out here, and it's just like, it's just it was been it's just so much better. Like you know, do you like, remember back in the day? Uh, was Nita's Hideaway open? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We. We got in lucky
2: a gig there, and I was like, "Oh, we're at Nita's. We're gonna like rub shoulders with all these other cool Phoenix bands." And like, yeah. they
6: wanted nothing to do with us. Yeah, it's the it, weirdest thing. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's just so like combative. Yeah, it's like it's you know everyone's against each other. But and that that was also a really cool venue. That's oh, cool. wasn't yeah. it great? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll I'll uh, we'll talk more about that off the air for sure. Yeah, but I also, I also think just like I mean the level of talent and musicianship in this town. I mean, it seems like anybody you talk to who's in a band or for Right. You know, and yeah. like it's yeah. just, I think the environment out here is just so conducive to that. Like, you know, you're stuck indoors for six six months out of the year. Yeah. Just play some music. People are going to create some stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, it's so wide ranging, too. Like, the different types and the genres and everything. It's just, it's really exciting to be a part of it.
2: Speaking of wide ranging, your influences went from RX Bandits to the next song on the playlist, which is Paul McCartney.
6: Sir. And in particular, Paul Sir Paul McCartney. <laughs>
2: Touche, uh, but this is a really odd song. There was actually a longer version of of Ram On by Paul McCartney. Yeah, I like the, the short one. The full cut. Yeah, I like the I like the short yeah, cut too.
6: Yeah, that's um, I I mean the first time I listened to this album, it just blew me away because I you know I was familiar with like the Wings stuff that he had done, and I never heard like this was his first album he did post Beatles.
2: Yeah, like really folky.
6: Yeah, and and is just, this the one that has the ukulele part? Yeah, I love this song. Yeah, and it's just like. I mean, it just blew me away. Like, I think it's hands down the best, like, post Beatles of any member. I agree. Album. And, like, just his range, he can be so sweet and soft and angelic, and then something like Monkberry Moon Delight, when he's just raspy and just, like, growling, you know? And it's just, like... And I found out my parents had it, and so I, like, snagged that from the record <laughs> collection because they didn't even have a record player. And... um I offered my dad twenty bucks for it when I moved up here, but he wouldn't take it. Oh. I had to give him back all the records that they don't listen to, <laughs> <laughs> so I lost a good like seventy percent of the collection. Oh but,
2: man! Well, hopefully this brings you back to some good times with the records. Uh, this oh, yeah. is cool stuff. Another influence from Rob from Falcon Heart. This is Ram On by Paul McCartney. Stick around; we've got their full album coming up here on Sounds of PDX. One of my favorite bands for sonic quality and like throwback, just getting it done recording. That's Band of Horses and Influence from Aaron from Falcon Heart. Why'd you bring that song into us, man? Uh, I think that was the first
3: band I truly appreciated as a songwriter when I was first getting into it. And I just love the, the country, rock and folk um, all
2: coming together for them. Like the no rules aspect. It, just,
3: it makes you feel so And this is good time music.
2: And oddly enough, that's like your record. I mean, you yeah, guys have so many awesome influences. it was a huge reference for what we were trying to capture. I love your. This may sound weird. I don't know what you did, but I love the sound of the ride cymbal on the record. It's just ride cymbal. Yeah, wow. the the ride. Specific. It's so
3: beautiful. <laughs> Is it a
2: Zildjian or? It's a Sabian. Okay. A Paragon. It's a twenty-two inch. How beautiful. Yeah, I'm just a it's sucker a for a good a ride. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about it. We're in my favorite part of the show each week. We're listening to some new music from Falcon Heart. Catch the Wind is a record. It comes out Friday. Uh, you were saying earlier in the show, it kind of conceptualized a couple of years ago and started coming forward. What was the source of inspiration for the material or lyrics, if you don't mind going into that for the record?
3: It's kind of all over the map because um, my songwriting is much different from Marcus's. and He'll tell you he writes more emotionally and... And I, I kind of narrate stories and tell a perspective from something. And yeah, so I think you can't really peg it down. So you we mean know. like Marcus is more symbolic? With his lyrics, rather, than... I would actually say the opposite. Uh, Aaron is more <laughs> of a
4: storyteller songwriter, and I am more like literal, emotional, like straight, like
2: singing about he to fight off the tears while he heart, performs. Heart so I love that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, love that. Heartbreaking family. Heart. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So big old bag of emotions. Let's uh, see if we can get him to cry on Friday. Uh, <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm is,
4: oh, I'm crying on no, Friday. Okay, right. Everybody best <laughs> believe that.
6: Uh, Enjoy tears though.
4: One of the kind of one of the songs that kind of talks about in talking about all this, uh, battery Russell was the first song that Aaron had wrote and like demoed out completely recorded himself. And he brought to actually our old group, Marco Luna, to kind of show us right at the end of that project. And he collectively blew all of our minds because we, he had dabbled in guitar and songwriting for quite a while. Um, and this was really his first,
3: uh, um, you know, true jaunt into that. and I knew like four chords at the time, and this was just one chord with one moving finger, so it was a pretty sweet song for me. Sweet cheater chord. (laughs) But when it
4: came to it, it was more than that. It was about the feel of the whole song. It was about the history behind the, you know, the actual history of Battery Russell uh, out on the Oregon coast. And kind of a literal like history song, but a storytelling song, and I think mm. it really kind of encaps- encapsulates how he writes the majority of his songs. And so me, I have to try to find ways that aren't just you know straight up about a person or a specific feeling. I have to I feel like sometimes I have to try to be a little more creative and and how I go about it um, to make it more relatable to other people and not just super personal every time. Yeah.
2: Yeah. There's got to be some mysticism left, right? Uh, or I found like those real honest songs will really make you cry on stage. For your own protection, <laughs> that's a good choice, right? Uh, so uh, we're gonna hop right into it. We're gonna listen to uh, front to back, uh, catch the wind. Um, why did we start with forever? Why are we kicking off the record with this song?
3: That I guess was the moment we like realized our sound was playing that song. It has the most explosive beginning and um it's just really rich and everyone's playing amazing parts all the way through and this one i I wrote about my wife it's just a a love song about appreciation
2: and devotion right on
6: it's really sweet yeah it's a brilliant way to
2: open the record (laughs) you all are gonna love this so stick around we've got the rest of catch the wind with falconheart here on sounds of pdx Come on. like A good B3 to speak to my heart, there too. Really good touch. Uh, we're listening to songs from Catch the Wind, the forthcoming LP that comes out this Friday. But you get to hear it first here on Sounds of PDX. Uh, the talk boards lighten up again. I had a couple comments, I'm gonna go back here too. Uh, one was about this last one here Once the Blue Moon, nice laid back vibe, pretty chill. Paul said that. Y'all know what Paul, thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Thank thanks, you, Paul, for hanging that out with was us, Paul today. Simon, I think, sir. <laughs> someone else said uh forever great sound everyone pulled out everyone pull out your lighters i agree it's a nice vibey way to start the the record um so let's get into the nitty gritty the stuff i dig where did you record it who produced it and uh yeah tell us some behind the scenes folks
3: we recorded this with matt jefferson and he's the head engineer of black diamond recording studios right on it's a great studio but we actually did this at his newly developed home studio and so he uh, engineered the whole thing mixed everything and helped produce had a great ideas going into it and he's a great vocal coach he really gets the best out
2: of you so, yeah. um, I was going to ask uh, you, for some of the, the songs that you took in there do you recall like the first group of songs that were completed or did you have everything done when you took it into Black Time or his studio?
3: We had it all demoed out Cool. and then we just tracked it one instrument at a time so we finished all, I did drums in one day and then we just went down the line
2: You did drums in one day? I think so, yeah did it make you all angry like how was he like doing drums in one day?
6: No, nah, I don't think I was there, so No, it was impressive. I, it's usually just me and Matt. Yeah. It's like uh, they spent a experience. lot of time together on this album. <laughs> just yeah. them two, especially in okay. the mixing part.
2: Uh, I can't but, imagine.
6: Yeah, he was Matt is just he was fantastic. Was I think great. it was my favorite um experience recording with anybody. He's just so patient, you know, and like just just nothing but good ideas and yeah, he was just a really rad guy.
2: So how do you how do you walk the line as an artist uh, w- when working with a producer? Because it's always a balance of you know, I have my vision versus mm-hmm. what you're hearing and if they
6: don't jive. Well, I mean, uh for the most part, I just like he just kind of let me do my thing. Because um, a lot of times, you know, I can get it in one take. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Old one take rob. rob. But um in one take rob, that was my nickname in Coronado Heights for. Um <laughs> But yeah. no, there was there was some parts where he was like, you know what, I think that's kind of busy, and I was like just having fun, like just ripping around, like not doing anything consistently, but just changing it every time I did it. Like at the ending of a song, he's like, you know, I think you should just kind of tone that down a little bit. Like here, try this. He's a good and, consultant. Yeah. yeah, and it was just like, oh yeah, you're right, that's way better. Like, <laughs> All takes is a couple of those times in the studio. Be like, oh, yeah, man, that sounds wonderful. Yeah, he's just he's got a great ear for music, and um, yeah, it was just it was just a joy to work with him, and I just I never felt like he was like. You know getting all up in my face <laughs> you know <laughs> stomping on your vision yeah
4: uh, one thing that i really uh, enjoy about working with matt jefferson is he a is a good friend of ours and aaron and i have worked with him in the past and so we were already comfortable um b he is a total and complete professional so um like aaron was saying he's a, he's a really good almost consultant if you will but that's kind of what a you know he was he produced this album so Anything and everything that he was ever telling us about what he thought, his he was always give us giving us his honest opinion, and he was always doing what was going to be best for the song and for the album. And I appreciate that to no end, because it's easy when you're working with kind of friends um, to kind of lose or blur that line. Matt has always been really good about keeping that line clear, that kind of, you know, Obviously, it's our record. We're doing what we want, but you know, he's kind of he's working with us to make this as best as we possibly can. And so that's what I really appreciated
2: about his contribution to this whole thing. yeah, those relationships are just so important because you need that extra set of ears. Who mastered the record? Nick Moon at tone proper. Well done. I'll say that's the only thing you need super fresh ears on. Don't mix and master your own records, kids. Mm. (laughs) A little side note. Um, I've been playing this next song. uh, I've played it a handful of times since I got the record from you guys. Uh, Listeners of mine are familiar with it. If you're new to the show, please enjoy it. This is Living in the Dark. Uh, They have this nice hold and break before the chorus, and then it sweeps you up and takes you on a journey. I love this song. This is Falcon Heart, Living in the Dark, here on Sounds of PDX. join the goodness the ear candy that is falcon heart and their brand new lp catch the wind that was a song that uh marcus talked about earlier that's battery russell very good stuff and uh Aaron, you were saying that living in the dark and this go together yeah on purpose
3: it was a happy accident i guess we just the tail end of it that we formed after playing it so many times just got longer and longer and we the last chord
2: was the first chord of the next song so we just kind of bridged them Uh, I'm a gearhead, so let's talk about some of your favorite instruments that you played on the record. I'm always really interested in how sonic uh, identity is formed on an album. Yeah, I mean, so uh, for me,
4: I basically just played, I played a little bit, a tiny little bit of electric, but the majority of it is on this uh, acoustic electric dean that I have had for like 12 or 13 years. Uh, She's my rock, my anchor. I love her dearly. Um, and that's where the majority of my sound and texture came from. I think really the the meat of that conversation would be handled by Aaron here. Aaron did a lot of uh, layering on some, mm-hmm. uh, obviously all the drums, but guitars and stuff as well. Yeah, well, well the drums
3: were, it's a DW drum set with a
2: mm. custom snare and Sabian cymbals. A hydraulic kick head? No. Hydraulic kick head? Yeah, there's hydraulic kick heads. It sounds like, it sounded like that. They have two layers of really thin... Skin and some hydraulic oil in the middle. Oh, no, I don't have one of those. They're beautiful. Anyway, I digress. And
3: then uh, I play Ibanez guitars. Okay. They're not super nice, but they're hollow bodies. I love the sound of them. Big, thick jazz strings and Fender uh, DeVille combo amp. Ooh, nice. Big, big combo amp. And then um, what else? some of the smaller guitars. Smaller guitars, yeah. I got this, when I was in the Philippines, I bought this small travel acoustic guitar and brought that back and it's somewhere in between a regular acoustic and a classical. But Mm. if you play way up on the bridge, it sounds just like a banjo. (laughs) So I would like overdub that on top of a lot of, um, just like for big ring out notes and plucky parts that kind of just sit in the back. That's really cool. And then what's your... uh, Violin and amp, yeah.
0: Gene? Well, I recorded the album on um, a stag violin that I got way back when, and I wish I, I just upgraded to the brand new 2016 five-string Yamaha model, which actually won Best in Show at NAM in 2016, hmm. um, and that is just a dream instrument. And then I have I had the Fishman amp, the Fishman Pro, Pro Art Loud amp for uh, the album, and now and the combination of the Yamaha and the Fishman is insane.
2: Yeah, the pickup, right? The fisherman pickup?
0: No, it's, uh, it's at the amp. Oh, OK. Yeah.
2: Right on, right on.
3: So
0: I'm not sure what the pickup in the Yamaha is, but it's built into the bridge. OK, cool. So it's just such a good pairing. And the
3: sound was a um, com- combination of uh, micing the amp and taking her DI signal mm-hmm. and blending oh, the two.
2: That's so right. Yeah. And uh, Rob, how about you with your bass? You well, to we tell or? you, Luke. Um, <laughs>
6: <laughs> yeah, you have to talk in a bass. Yeah, well, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're talking about bass. Uh, yeah, I have a, a Fender American Jazz Bass. I got for my 18th birthday. It is my baby. And um, I think we just played out of the, my head. We plugged into the preamp. I thought I can't even remember. I hmm. th- head into the preamp. I think we yeah we did head. Um, I think we did a couple tracks actually and just laid them. But um, I have a carbon stack we just use the head so it's a I think a b500 solid state right on yeah things just a tank man i've had that since i was in high school <laughs> you said you uh it flooded and got completely sucked. yeah when i first moved here uh our <laughs> landlord decided to power wash our house without telling us and um oh we had all of our gosh. music gear in the basement and it was like underneath the uh was it the front porch and just we got home we didn't even know what happened because we got home and it was like oh our house looks clean and we got in the basement to practice and i picked like everything was just soaking wet there's water all over the drums i picked up my amp head and just like by the side and it just drained out water like a cartoon yeah exactly <laughs> but, like it really happens it really happens in like, a nightmare yeah but um but, it's yeah, a, we just, like, I mean... A big we, bag
3: of rice you'd need. Yeah, oh, We didn't even is. use that. We it's just I
6: opened everything up, let it dry out, just put it in a room with some heat on, and every, nothing was broken. Everything just worked. And little uh, did you know it would end up on your first LP release. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah really it's really cool. pretty great. <laughs> um, uh, I was going to mention, too, Aaron,
2: I like the way you hold your guitar. Oh, thank you. Like, it looks cool.
3: Yeah, really up there. Yeah, it's they, gave me, they gave me a hard time for it. I like it. It's
2: cool. Uh so the next song on the record that we're going to listen to is All That You Do. Um give us some side stories or this was our first co-write between oh, me and Marcus. Right on. So uh yeah,
3: I he wrote the verse melody and the ver- first verse lyrics and I wrote the chorus melody and this and the the lyrics and the lyrics to the second verse. So it was
4: yeah, it was kind of a night I had came to Aaron with the idea of the song. So it was like a very collaborative uh, effort. And I would say that this is probably the first definitive Falcon Heart song that was ever written. The first one with the
2: true Falcon filter? Yes. <laughs> I, I dig it a lot. Uh, before we get back to this song, Paul on the talk board said, really enjoying your sound, a sound of your own, ordinary band, you ain't. <laughs> that was just for you. Uh, let's get back to it. This is All That You Do by Falcon Heart here on Portland. Radio Project.
8: best of me
5: Yeah.
2: You just heard two more tracks off of the brand new Falcon Heart that is available June 23rd this Friday. You can get your copy at the Doug Fir. Get it in person. That's the way to do it, right, y'all? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You get, the, you get
3: the package and our our design, our photos.
4: We'll have some brand new uh, shirt designs available that we made all DIY. We have some mm-hmm. tote bags that are also uh, DIY made, and we have uh, our we will have our album
2: available for purchase. You all have a really cool vibe, like a definitely a thing on your own. And as I look at the C D here, uh, who did you say is on the back again? That's my wife. She's <laughs> running
3: blissfully. Michaela DeRosa. She was taking a leap in the air and I caught her. And which beach was this?
2: That was Pacific City, I believe. Very well done. Well who who set the vibe and kind of the artwork? Who's is there anyone in the band who's I did particularly-
3: all the, the album layout because my day job is a tattoo artist, so I'm pretty handy on um, Photoshop and whatnot. And the cover picture is one we took when uh, Marcus and I flew down to Arizona and went camping for a week. <laughs> took our guitars and um, just got in the woods and played and um, took a shot of my guitar reflecting the forest canopy into it. And it was just really pretty. So That
2: inlay is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, what type of guitar is that? That's an Alvarez my dad gave me. Oh, man. My, uh, my dream guitar. Acoustic guitar is an Alvarez. Yari. Yeah, Uh, that's my dream. Sounds amazing. One day I'll have one. Uh, So yeah, pick up your copy. If they if they can't for whatever reason, and there's no good excuse, not make the show. How can they find your record after it's released? They can go to Bandcamp.
4: You can go to Bandcamp, or you can also visit www.falconheartmusic.com. We have a mobile site set up and a desktop site, and we are working on getting our online store set up so you will be able to purchase the album physically as well as
2: digitally and some merchandise. I always hate to ask because it's an expense for the band, but will we see a vinyl version?
6: Yes, we will. We wanted (laughs) to have vinyl this round, but it didn't work out. Uh, But we, uh, yeah, it's going to happen.
2: Do you have anyone mastering a particular version for vinyl? We will have to remaster it for that. That's exciting. That's really cool. Well, we're going to get back to it. A couple more songs from Falcon Heart. We've got them here until 9 p.m. We've got three left, so we're going to play Winds of Change right now and then my personal live favorite, St. Anthony. Uh, Tell us about Winds of Change. Where did this uh, song start off? Uh,
4: Winds of Change came from a a pretty prolific moment of change in my life for me personally, uh, kind of, it was a real, uh, new chapter that was starting, um, uh, on multiple fronts. And so this was kind of me acknowledging that, um, you know, kind of emotionally and, and deciding that when those winds of change start to blow that you kind of just have to, Spread your wings, if you will, and uh, flow with them.
2: Oh, I thought you were gonna say, and catch the wind.
3: You should have oh, said, the wind. perfect <laughs> missed, opportunity. Missed opportunity.
2: Dang it, I'll edit the podcast and make it sound like you did that. <laughs> no, I won't. That's too funny. Uh, awesome. Well, this is a, a song, another one from Falcon Heart from Catch the Wind, the LP that's available June 23rd, this Friday, but you're hearing it now, and sounds of PDX.
8: I see that you're expecting again
4: How I missed you, my brother What's got you
8: looking And I know that you sure as hell will Sing
2: Guaranteed to melt your face off live. That's St. Anthony from Falcon Heart. Off their new record, Catch the Wind. Uh, we had a couple more remarks from Paul. Some good <laughs> feedback. Uh, we were talking during what well, he said, come with me. I could go fishing with that one. And you guys That's decided. That's a huge compliment. It's definitely a fishing yeah. song.
6: And that and like I just want to say something to Paul. Um, I don't know if you saw that ludicrous display last night, but the thing about Arsenal is they're always trying to walk it in. It's <laughs> the
2: tip of the cap to a loyal listener tonight. Uh, Paul also said winds of change very uplifting and give and gives a sense of promise and overcoming obstacles. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, that's really rad. Uh, well, thank you so much again for letting me play your record tonight and uh, um, the advanced listen for the last couple of months. I've totally enjoyed it. Um, We're unfortunately near the end of the show. We've only got one song left, so I'm going to let you all say some shout-outs and goodbyes uh, to anyone who may have been listening before I let you go.
4: I just want to give a couple of quick shout outs to Dan Cable and Mountaineer Studios. We had an amazing time with them last week. Uh, I want to give a shout out to um, Mike Burling from PDX Spotlight and also Chris Young, Vortex Music Magazine, Uh, Jason Fellman, Thank you, you guys, for everything you do. And last but not least, Kelly Jones. We really appreciate everything you have done for us. And also Lori Hughes, Nick Miniman's booking agent, Mm -hmm. one of them. She works very, very hard and has helped us out very much. We appreciate her hard work.
3: I'll give a shout out to my wife, Michaela. Yeah. Oh.
0: I just want to say thanks for having us on, and it was really fun and it's really enjoyed the evening. Thanks for playing our album. This oh, is you guys rad. are a blast <laughs> to hang
6: out with. Like, I'm the luckiest dude in Portland. Oh. Yeah, my cheeks hurt right now. Uh, <laughs> but I just want to uh, say thank you because I was laughing, Aaron. Oh. <laughs> um, now I got to recenter. Okay, yeah. I wanted to say thank you uh, to my wonderful mom and dad, Randy and Marion Williams. They're actually outside the studio right now in their car listening to this. Thank you. So glad to um, have you here visiting from Arizona. Yeah, I came up all the way for this, and they're just two of the most caring, loving, supportive individuals I've ever met, and I love them very much. I'm glad they're here. It was mm-hmm. nice to be able to meet them. It was really cool. Yeah. Uh, Carol Maxwell also
2: says, great show tonight. Thanks for listening in, Carol. Uh, we've got one last song. It's the last track off of Catch the Wind, which is available this Friday. Come to the Doug Fir. Hang out with Galassus, Falcon Falconheart, and Chris Margolin. I will be there. I will bug you. Let's rub shoulders and enjoy a great night of Portland music. So I'm your host, Luke Neal. This is Sounds of PDX. I'm reminding you to discover and support local music. Have a great night. On Portland
1: Radio Project. Let us know about your new favorites at prp.fm.